This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. Well, I guess I'm going to open with a question. Have you ever broken anything? Perhaps a, perhaps a bone. Oh, yeah. Perhaps, a, perhaps you've dislocated something. Perhaps you've had a serious injury. Perhaps you had a broken heart. Have you ever broken anything? Perhaps your mum's favourite china. Is that still a thing that people collect? It's still a thing you can break. Your mum's china. Have you ever broken anything? Well, let me tell you a story. A few years ago, I was really, really, really getting into the gym. Can't you tell? You, you can't see my muscles right now because I'm wearing a jumper, but um, trust me, they're under there. I was really getting into the gym, and I was getting good, and I was doing bench press. I was working on, I was working on my bench press because everyone always asks everyone these days, how much do you lift? And I wanted to have a number. I wanted to have a number. And so I was hitting the gym, and I was doing my bench press. And as you know, with bench press, it's like you're training, you're training, you're training, you're working on your one rep max and it gets better and it gets better and it gets better. And you know, you start and you're just doing like light weights and then you, you start getting, you start building it up. And I was getting so good at the gym. I had all the gear, I had all the protein shakes and the pre-workouts and I had all the, you know, I had the gym bag that I walked in with. I had the singlet because I wanted to show off my arms. I was getting good and I got to. Phil Mackey will be impressed with this. I got to my one rep max, 102.5 grams. No, so kilograms. 102.5, which for me was not bad. And boy, was it hard was I straining. Jim is one of my loves. Another one of my loves is the jet ski, which is a joyous thing to ride. I also like being towed behind it on water skis or tubes or kneeboards. And one fateful day, I went out on the kneeboard. Dean was there. He'll, he'd tell you this story as well, apart from the fact that I'm going to try to tell it more truthfully, Dean. And that's that as we were kneeboarding, we were doing backflips, jumps three metres in the air, all these things. And actually, I've made a mistake. You weren't there. No, this is, this is with Josh Corkill, actually. And my other friend, Dan. So that's why Dan can't tell you this story. That's why you were shaking your head when I said we were doing backflips. You weren't there that day. Oh, so, this is my Dan. Oh, this is Dan and Josh. Sorry. So you could ask Dan and Josh Corkill, who conveniently doesn't go here and neither is my friend Dan, so you'll never get a chance. But we were doing backflips and we're jumping three metres in the air on the kneeboard. And I got on the kneeboard and I did a jump. I reckon this one would have been 3.4 metres, something like that, you know, like really, you, you know, over the wake and I just fell and I fell off and my body hit the water and all of a sudden I was in a deep amount of pain and probably the worst pain to be honest I've ever felt in my shoulder. So I looked down it sort of looked a bit funny uh, almost like Almost like the bone is not where the bone is meant to be. Almost like, you know, things are sticking out sort of where they're not meant to be. And it became very evident that I had dislocated my shoulder. And so <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm a bit worried at this point. I couldn't even get back on the jet ski. I was like just trying to hold it in with my life jacket. I was just like, just tow me into the shore and I'm going to try to stay as still as possible. I was in so much pain. We get in the car, every single little bump is like, I'm in so much pain. Go to the hospital. Luckily, we know one of the nurses there who pretty much looked at my shoulder and went, oh, yes, we know what that is. You know, so we 
get in the back. They, they give me the, the green whistle. Uh, in that moment, they said, how are you feeling, Lewis? And I'm pretty sure high on all the drugs, I said, this will be a great sermon illustration. <laughs> and then they pop it back in. They pop it back in. But I'm still injured, so I have to go to my physio who's in the room. And, you know, I, I do the ultrasounds, all those sorts of things, and they give the, you know, the physio reads that, and it's like, apparently there's some little speck of bone in there or something, and maybe that's a bit worse than just a normal dislocation. But my physio has a dream. My physio says, look at all this brokenness here. <laughs> but it can be restored. You just need to do the work. So I get one of these bands. Look at that. Isn't that amazing that that can fix you? Look at that. It's still going strong. My physio who is in the room should be proud of me. There's a lot of physios at this church, so take your pick. There's at least three in the room right now. And I'm doing my exercises. And, you know, so I'm going to the gym every day and I'm doing my exercises. You know, yeah, we've got really got to work on this, work on these hands, work on these arms, work on these shoulders, you know, getting the... Get, there's, I think there's four physios in the room. I just counted another one over by the wall. My goodness, I'm doing the exercises, I'm doing the exercises, I'm doing the exercises, you know. And guess what? Probably, probably three weeks ago at the Moore's house, if you know the Moore's, David's, David Moore's been inviting me over on Monday nights to do a bench press. And finally, after like two years of being insecure about my shoulder, like I have, I've been going easy on the kneeboard and stuff, so I haven't been doing backflips and that, just, you know, simple getting towed around, you know, going easy. But after two years of all this anxiety, all this stress about it getting broken again, I tell you what, I stepped up to the plate. I put those weights on. You know, the sound it makes, you know, go over the other side, put the weight plate on, you know, it gets to 102.5 and I lie down on the bench. David Moore, he, he supports me. He, he picks up the bar and I put it on my... And I, and I go down 102.5 and I push it up and I'm back to where I was. I'm back to where I was. I'm back to where I was before I was broken. I don't know if you've ever broken anything or if you've got anything in your life that needs to be restored. Perhaps it is physical. Perhaps you have a sickness or an illness and you just feel like something needs to be restored. Perhaps it's not physical, perhaps it's mental. Maybe there's something going on in your mental health that you feel like needs to be restored. Perhaps it's, um, perhaps it's financial. Maybe there's something in your life that needs to be restored. Perhaps it is your heart. Perhaps you have a broken heart that needs to be restored. Perhaps it's your faith that needs to be restored. Maybe something broke you. I don't know what it is in each of your lives. But my guess is everyone in the room has something on their mind that needs to be restored. And I believe, like my physio, that this problem can be fixed in this life or the next by the grace of God. A scripture on my heart at the moment uh, has been Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah. And this is about a... a a person who was a cupbearer for, you know, he was from Jerusalem and he gets ex taken out of his homeland, taken out of the special place and Jerusalem's destroyed. They tear down the walls and they wreck it and all of a sudden he becomes a, a cupbearer for a foreign king uh, and, and somehow he realises the brokenness of Jerusalem. His friends tell him and he realises, oh, he gets really depressed and upset and he goes to the king and the king's like, why are you so upset? You're not sick. And he says, well, my homeland, it's destroyed. The walls are crumbled. They've been burnt with fire. This thing that I loved is broken, sort of like how my body was broken. And he's like, it needs to be restored. 
And by the grace of God, the king says, well, what do you want? And he says, well, I want to go back to my homeland and restore it. And by the grace of God, because he's praying, the king's like, sure. And then he's like, okay, um, what if you give me some like guards and protection for when I go back? And the king says, sure, Nehemiah's on a roll. And so he prays to God again. He's like, okay, God, if you know, this king's going along with this, so I'm going to pray again. And, what about, and so he says to the king, what if you give me a bunch of wood and like free building supplies so I can restore my homeland? And the king's like, sure. Amazing. Something was broken. Something he loved. And somehow, by the grace of God and the willingness of the king, he's able to go back to his homeland. And he goes back to his homeland and he inspects the walls. And he doesn't tell anyone yet what his dream is. But after he inspects the walls and he expects his homeland, he comes back to the people whose job it will be to build, to build it. And it says this, I said to them, you see the trouble we are in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burned. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer delusion. And I told them of the hand of God that had been upon me for good and also the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. There is good work that needs to be done restoration that needs to take place. Uh, Travis just prayed before about Thailand. The harvest is plentiful. There is work to be done. There are people to be saved and restored to the goodness of God. Absolutely there are. There are hearts that need to be mended by the goodness of God. There are people in our world who are sick, who it's God's will to heal if we were willing enough to pray for them. There's work to be done, but the workers are few. <laughs> the workers are few. But imagine if we could share a vision as a church, and Pastor Travis preached a phenomenal sermon this morning. If you're in the room and you weren't here this morning, I would, I would, uh, I would pray, honestly. I'm going to pray it tonight. God, I pray that people go home and watch Travis's sermon from this morning because it was phenomenal. It shared such great vision for our church and heart for our church. And imagine if we could share that vision and people could grab it. And it says, they said, okay, let's go build. And then it says, and they strengthened their hands for the good work. And I thought, that's such a weird Bible verse, but I genuinely believe that every single verse in the Bible is needed. And I just thought, that's just a weird sentence. And so they strengthened their hands for good work. And so I'm trying to figure this out. I'm doing all the theological, I'm trying to Google it, and there doesn't seem to be many answers. And I thought, what does even strengthen their hands mean? The NIV just leaves it out. It says, so they started the work. But it's very clear when you go to the Greek concordance that it's like, so they strong-handed for good work. It's pretty much what the Greek says. And it's like, what does that even mean? And I thought, well, maybe it's a picture of like, you know, when there's a revolution and people put their fists in the air and it's like they strengthen their hands, power to the people. Do you know what I mean? I thought maybe, maybe they got strong hands, like, yeah, let's rebuild. I thought maybe it meant like they, were, they, they realized they had to get the chisels and the bricks out. And so they're like, okay, let's start callousing our hands, 
you know, so they go to the gym and they, you know, they start, they start working on the bench press and they get the calluses on their hands and they work and they like strengthen their hands because they've got work to do, like they did their physio exercises. Maybe it meant they, they started working on actual preparation. Well, because I broke my arm at a very young age, my wrists are very sore. So when I do bench press, I have these like wrist straps, which I used to use, and um, I have to strengthen my hands because the truth is I'm not strong enough on my own. And so I take these wrist straps if I can even remember how to use them. I know there's a few gym junkies in the room. So if I look like an, a fool, you can come and tell me how to do this properly later. But, you know, you put the wrist straps on and you literally strengthen your hands. You strengthen your hands. You strengthen your hands so that you can do the good work 102.5. What does it mean for you to strengthen your hands for the good work? <laughs> what does it mean for me? strengthen my hands for the good work the truth is of all the all the of all the books i read and all the articles i read and of all the um bible study uh all my um theological study bibles i tried to read didn't really have much to say about that verse it's just like this sort of few words that no one really has an answer for but let me propose to you that it could mean any of these things but what I believe it means to me and what it spoke to me when I did my devotion time reading through Nehemiah was that I have work to do to prepare for what's to come. Our preaching series this term is going to be about like we've experienced the overflow, like Nehemiah experienced the overflow, the goodness of God. The king just kept saying, yes, he gets to go back. The king's given him building supplies. The king's giving him protection. It's like he's had the overflow of God, but now he needs to do something. And so we've, we've experienced the overflow of love, joy, peace, patience, all the things. We've experienced the overflow, but now we need to do something. And God's been speaking to me like, get prepared, Lewis, because this is going to be a good preaching series. We're going to be preaching about, well, how do we you know, take the overflow and improve our relationships, whether that be romantic or friendships? How do we uh, take the overflow and, and work in areas of conflict in our lives with the people we disagree with? We're going to be preaching about how do we take the overflow and put it into our homes and our workplaces? How do we take it into our everyday? That's what this preaching series is going to be about. But before we start it, I want you to be prepared. Perhaps for you it means simply praying this week and in the weeks to come, God, prepare me for good work. Maybe that will strengthen you. Maybe it means reading the word or maybe you need to get back into devotion time with, with God and, and the word is the easiest way to do that. If you feel like you've never heard from God, well, it's as easy as opening this book. If you've read any word in this book, then you have heard from God. Maybe that's what it means for you to strengthen your hands. Maybe it's a million other things. But I'm praying that we will strengthen our hands for the good work to come. Because I want to hit the harvest field. I want souls for Christ. I want hearts restored. I want people healed. I want people not heading towards a place of darkness, but heading towards a place of light. But first, I need to strengthen my hands. I need to do the physio exercises. I need to strap them up. I need to get ready. So I would like to pray for you. Not because I'm your priest, but because I happen to be the guy with the microphone. It'd be a mess if we all prayed at the same time. So perhaps I want to pray for you and then give you a 30 seconds of silence to consider what God might say to you about preparing your hands. And then the band can sing our last song and then we can get jam and cream and scones. So I want to pray. 
And I want you to take 30 seconds to ask God, what does it mean for me to strengthen my hands? And then we're going to worship him. God, I pray for everyone in this room who's experienced brokenness. I pray for those in the room who have experienced a broken heart. I pray for those in the room who have experienced broken bodies. I pray for those in the room who have experienced broken bank accounts, broken friendships, broken homes. God, I pray for all the people in this room who have experienced brokenness. And I know I can pray for that because it's every single one of us, including me. God, I pray that we would get a clear vision that things can be restored, that things can become good, that our church can do good work and is heading towards good. But Father, I pray you would help us prepare. I pray you would help us strengthen our hands for the good work to come. And Father, I pray for the harvest field, that it wouldn't just be sitting there ripe, ready for picking, but that all the people, all the men and women of God would head into that harvest field and start doing work. God, speak to us now about how we should strengthen hands in Jesus' name. This has been a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. To continue the conversation, we invite you to join us Sundays at 9.30am and 5pm or on our website at www.nvbc.info.